Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to the October 2010 episode of the Kaiju Cast. My name is Kyle, and as always, I'm going to be uh, guiding you through the next hour through some cool Godzilla stuff. This is the Kaiju Cast, obviously, that you're listening to, a monthly podcast dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes, which uh, is fu- kind of funny because I say that every month, right? Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. And I had business cards made, and for some weird reason... When I was making the business cards, I wrote Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited friends. So my business cards uh, look stupid, (laughs) which, you know, eh, whatever. I'm flying solo this month, so I'm going to keep it a little loose. That's because I'm feeling a little bit ill and didn't want to get anybody sick, and I kind of procrastinated and yada, yada, yada. Here we are. It's October. It's uh, just about to be November in a few days. Um. I know I've got uh, some really cool stuff lined up here, including a Death Kappa review, which I'll rant about that in a little bit. We are, of course, going to have some news. People who go to the website and go to the Facebook already know a bunch of this stuff, but I'm going to go over it anyway because, you know, I like to be thorough. I'm very thorough. Uh, And also, these uh, the next few minutes are going to be taken up by playing some requests from the listeners. We are starting off with the uh, main title or the intro to Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla for both Jose and for Chris.
Oh, man. Okay, so I don't know. Am I the only one of you guys out there that actually sings this song in karaoke? It's really fun. And uh, there's this cool thing in Portland. You know, I like to talk about Portland and how awesome it is. There's this uh, cool thing in Portland at the um, at uh, the Tiger Bar and at Dante's, depending on which day. And uh, it's called Karaoke from Hell. And it's a live band that plays. And they only have, you know, a certain set amount of songs in their repertoire, which is an amazing amount of songs. Don't get me wrong. It's just not a massive, thick book. Anyway, they, they have Godzilla, and I like to sing it. I'm sure uh, I'm not the only one out there. You can't be. Anyway, <clears throat> that last song was a request from Chris. Those were the requests. Not many this month, which is cool. No big deal. Don't forget, you can always email those in, and that's uh, fine, because we're just going to go ahead and move right on into my Death Kappa review. I don't want to ramble on too much about it, so I've just got a couple of talking points. Uh, as many of you know, I've been sort of touting Death Kappa because, you know, news was few and far between from Media Blasters. It looked like something that was really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> most notably, there was a YouTube video that was released, uh, God, it must have been last year or the year before that, with Tomuru Horaguchi, the uh, director of the film, sort of actually with a message to American Godzilla fans telling us in this video, which is like him walking through some of the set pieces and stuff, telling us in the video that uh, he's going to make this movie, Death Kappa, which uh, is going to be this uh, you know throwback film, uh, a movie that just uses old technology and uh, showing the world that we can still make giant monster movies the old school way. Which, you know, I saw, and uh, <clears throat> I I will admit, I did not take it with a grain of salt. I thought, this is really awesome. And I was really, really excited about it because, you know, <clears throat> Tomu Haguchi, he's been in a lot, uh, been involved with a lot of movies, including the Gamera series, the 90s Gamera series. Um, and, you know, uh, last year, around this time, I was talking about another movie called Sakuya Yokaiden, and he was involved with that as well. And as it turned out, he did not deliver that at all. I mean, I'm sure he tried, and I just don't know what it is. I don't know, I don't know what's going on here in the world of kaiju movies, but um, I, I say, if you haven't seen that video on YouTube, you should definitely check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes, of course, to that, to that uh, not review, but to that YouTube video so you can see what he's talking about. Basically, Death Kappa starts off, and uh, a, a good two-word description for the film is kind of like train wreck. I, you know, I love these movies. I'm sure anybody who's out there listening loves giant monster movies, and I kind of feel like um, Haraguchi did not... Uh, feel the same way towards these movies that, that we did, which is odd when you look at a movie like Gamera 2, which is next month's Daikaiju discussion film. Um, but it's it's not as odd if you consider, like, he grew up in the 70s. Bob Johnson and I were talking about it, and he mentioned that it's, it's he had the same kind of feeling that uh, Ruhei Kitamura had, which Ruhei Kitamura is the director of Godzilla Final Wars, which... Even though it was technically proficient, it was a train wreck as well. Uh, I'm not going to go into the plot. It's basically, it's disjointed. 
I'd say if this movie is available on Netflix or if it's available on, uh, you know, a Blockbuster or something, if you still have a Blockbuster in your in your neighborhood and you're just going to pay like a couple of bucks to see it, yeah, go for it. Why not? Um, it's kind of enjoyable. But um, like I said, it just doesn't deliver. It doesn't make me feel like they they uh, they took it seriously. And I think that's the problem for me is that I need someone to take these movies seriously. Tiger watched the film with me. He had this look on his face like, what the heck did I just watch? What was that? And I really can't disagree with him. It was uh, not a great film. So I'm sorry, Tomu Haraguchi, that I am giving your film a bad review. But, uh, you know, you look back on the last few films that have come out from Japan or <coughs> like anywhere else, really, and is it possible to make a good kaiju film? Uh, you know, using the special effects of yesteryear. And one thing I should point out is that, you know, in this YouTube video, he says, oh, you know, we're going to do everything traditionally. And when I say he didn't deliver, I literally mean he didn't deliver. That's, uh, there are a lot of digital effects. And I can understand you want to use digital effects for, you know, blowing fire out of somebody's mouth. Sure, I get it. But they did a lot of stuff like you could tell it was like digital film shake kind of thing when, when the Death Cap is walking around. and um, You know, they, they did try. There are a lot of miniature, there's a lot of miniature work. Uh, there's an expansive city that the Death Kappa and the other monster, who to be honest, I can't even remember his name. Uh, there's an expansive city that they battle in. But it just seems more like a parody film than it does a serious attempt at a kaiju movie. So maybe we'll, uh, you know, maybe we'll get something positive in the future. But for now, with this movie and then, of course, with uh, Monster X Strikes Back, those films just don't fill me with any kind of hope at all. And I know that's, I know that's, that's doom and gloom, and I don't mean to sound that way, because I like keeping things positive on this, uh, this podcast. But um, <clears throat> I mean, even the, even the Death Kappa suit itself was was disappointing i mean thing had no neck couldn't turn his head you know what was the last good kaiju movie that came out do we count the host even though it's uh and i'm not saying it has to be traditionally filmed with you know a man in a suit and miniature work but does the host count that's a digital creature obviously uh they took it seriously even though some of the some of the movie parts were kind of funny it was a good film I enjoyed it. If you haven't seen The Host, you should definitely check it out. It's just not a giant monster. It's just more like a monster movie. I'd have to say that for this film, out of 10 stars, it gets two. It's actually worse than Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. And, you know, I've talked a lot about how Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla is one of the worst Godzilla films in the, in the series. You know, this is on par with Godzilla vs. Megalon bad. Anyway... I don't like to be so negative. In fact, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to go ahead and move on. Before we get to the uh, the Daikaiju discussion, I think we're going to go ahead, and since I brought up Space Godzilla, let's play one of those songs by uh, Takeyuki Hattori. This one's called Hyper Battle Arena.
Okay, that music block's done. Started out with Hyper Battle Area by uh, Takayuki Hattori from Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. Following that up with Appearance of Spiga by Masaru Sato from Son of Godzilla. And uh, the last one was from Gamera 2 by Kaotani called Meteor Storm. <clears throat> and that brings us to daikaiju discussions and once again class it's time for our daikaiju discussions every month the kaiju cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts questions and reviews for the following episode thanks to an online tool i've randomly assigned one movie to each month solidifying that this show will keep going for a long long time now that list can be found on the website uh depending on what kind of browser you're using it's uh different <laughs> up at the top it should say Daikaiju Discussion in a tab at the top, but uh, it could just maybe say Daikaiju. That's where you can find the list of all the movies all the way like through 2015. So seriously, this show is not going anywhere for a long time. It might change every once in a while, but uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep going. <clears throat> like I said, our, our movie this month is Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. This is uh, the 1993 film from Toho Company Limited. And uh, it was a generally well, like, like extremely well received by all the listeners. Um, Martin had never seen it before. I had seen it a bunch, and Tiger had seen it a bunch as well. So the three of us sat down on the couch here in the KaijuCast screening room and checked it out. All right, so I'm sitting here with Martin and Tiger. We just finished watching Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla from 1993. The... What did you Fifth movie in the Heisei series, a longtime classic held highly aloft by many fans, I'm sure. Martin, since you got the microphone, tell me a little bit about what you thought. I have to say that so far with uh, all of the ones that are Kaiju cast related, I think this is probably my favorite one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, this one really like kind of got the action going in the beginning with uh, everything with Rodan and um, th there was lots of good action in there. Um, I really did like the Mechagodzilla. They just, I don't know, it just seemed like they jumped right in and there wasn't a lot of time with exposition because, uh, you know, there's th one of the things I've noticed is that there's never any kind of like really deep, clear plot that, that happens with all of these. You know, you're really along for the ride for a ginormous battle and, a few of them have been kind of wordy in this one. This one just really wasn't. Like, they really got to what what were the best parts of a Godzilla so far, which is really tearing up cities, blowing things up. And, and yeah, I just I thought it was pretty sweet. Monster smashing action. Yeah. So, Tiger, uh, you've seen... This is probably, what, the, like, 50th time you've seen this movie? No, not that many times. Uh, but this is one of my favorite Godzilla films. Well, I know you you've you've had a lot of Mechagodzilla stuff in your own toy collection, as as you were growing up. And I, I don't have a ton, and and you know in my collection, but uh, I admit that this movie has a lot going for it. That I mean, really works. I've seen it so many times. It just seems like. I think I'm a little jaded towards some of the other films, especially that came out later. There's nothing in any of the Godzilla movies that has really been able to um, kind of make me get that 
oh yeah excited feeling as when like Rodan gives up his life for Godzilla and like Godzilla comes back and like his brain mends back together and uh, then he starts really whomping on Mechagodzilla. Yeah, and that one I I have to honestly say I didn't I didn't see that one coming in there because I I really thought this was gonna be, um, uh, an an ender where you know somehow they were gonna like drag Godzilla out into the ocean and and sink him or something like that. So I was I was really curious as to how this one was gonna end with Godzilla going down, but in such a way that Godzilla was gonna come back. And as and and then all of a sudden it's like oh uh, now I see he doesn't actually get whomped on he comes back finishes the whole thing up pretty quickly and then marches away on his own. Yeah, you know this one has uh, I cannot remember what they call it, but uh, we the nickname is the Disco Glitter Godzilla. They actually <laughs> made an action figure of that Did that was available really? in the um, Godzilla Forever series. So it's like. The same kind of, it's the same Heisei Godzilla style, but he's sort of, um, he's got softer paint, like white painted ver- uh, fins and eyes and stuff, and then he's got um, gold glitter just <laughs> blasted on him. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I guess like, I guess after a while, like some of the glitter might, I think, starts to come off, and so the, he had more glitter on them when they were brand new in 1995 or 96 whenever they came out than than they did if you bought one now do they have a uh, an origin toy for that one too that has the Rodan Godzilla embrace right before the big glitter storm <laughs> <laughs> the bro hug <laughs> That's right, yeah the bro hug <laughs> the kaiju bro hug uh i don't think so but uh i think the the Rodan that they came up with for the for the original release toys in uh, 93, I'm pretty sure that that's the fire Rodan version, which is um, when he comes back in the second, you know, in this battle. Mm-hmm. He's sort of more red, and that's that's what they made a figure of. Now, this, we saw, um, not as part of the grand experiment, but we saw... Um, uh, destroy all monsters the yeah. other day. Yeah, and uh, that one had Rodan in it, and that Rodan is a completely different because that's that is um, an original Rodan from not from the Heisei, but from the Showa uh, era. from the Showa era. Yeah. So is it the Heiseis that that transformed Rodan into what we we saw here? Is this the first time this particular type of Rodan has shown up? Yeah, Rodan only shows up in the Heisei series in this in this film. Okay, yeah. Uh, the other films bring back, you know, another monster. They've got, you know, they start with uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidra, where King Ghidra is the the protagonist and uh, or the antagonist. Yeah. And um, aside from King Ghidra, they also introduce Mecha King Ghidra. And then in the Godzilla versus Mothra, the following movie, that one, they uh, reintroduce Mothra. And then the other monster is Batra. And so this one is uh, the title characters are Godzilla and Mechagodzilla. And then they also introduce Rodan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, com- com- completely different Rodan. Uh, and because I had even asked in the beginning, oh, that, is that supposed to be Rodan? Because it, it doesn't look like the Showa series Rodan. Yeah, it's different. It's uh, I think that this... Sh- I'm pretty sure that all the Showa era movies have 
just like sort of two horns on top of his head. Mm-hmm. And then this one, they put that middle crest horn going back. I think they tried to, I thought they actually did a really good job with the design, the conceptual design of Rodan and the way he looks. But I really, I'm a big Rodan fan and uh, they've never really been able to get uh, his wings right mm-hmm. and the way they move and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm picky like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Martin, what did you like most about this film? Uh, uh, okay. So com- compared to some of the others that I've been with my list, this one's got a big list of stuff that I liked. I mean, there was, there was a ton of stuff. I really thought that the, the Godzilla suit was really good. And I don't know if this was, uh, a repeat suit. This didn't look like a repeat suit. This looked like one that they had had just for this film. And I don't know if it gets l- used later in Space Godzilla or not. But well, technically, I'm pretty sure they make small modifications to the same suit from '91 uh, all the way through '94. Through them, okay. Well, and if they did, then my compliments to everybody who did all of the work on Space Godzilla because. One of the things that I really loved about this one, I don't know how they fixed that thing, is, man, they just absolutely lit that sucker up with the fireworks on this thing. I, I just, I just, this one had the most pyrotechnics that I can even think of, too. There was stuff going everywhere. Yeah, and you made a comment when we were watching about how it must have been horrible to be in the studio at the time that they were doing all that stuff. Yeah, exactly, with all the smoke and uh, all the pyrotechnics going off, but then they've also got the big dirt explosions going up to make it look like uh, the you know the ground's being pounded and the buildings going up, and then there's the giant glitter explosion there. Yeah. It's like I'm sure that would be like coming out of a Lady Gaga concert now. Yeah, like, probably exactly coughing up <laughs> glitter for weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I just because uh, it I, it hadn't dawned on me before, and it dawned on me on this one because this one does have so much going on that holy cow, they're doing this in a studio. They're in a giant warehouse, and all these poor guys are are snorting, burning latex and <laughs> burning styrofoam, and you know, burning whatever. All this stuff is burning and flying around in dust form. I just I can't imagine, you know, what the what the medical bills are for these poor guys that all have black lung now. Yeah, well, I think that the I think that when we were watching Destroy All Monsters, you asked like, "Are they really shooting fireworks at that oh, guy?" Yeah, and I was yeah, like, I "Yeah." <laughs> or you were like, "How are they doing that?" And I'm like, "They're actually shooting fireworks at the at the dude in the suit, <laughs> <laughs> like actual fireworks and and squibs too, you know." So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. It's not not an easy job being in the suit. So Tiger. If I was to ask you what your favorite part of this movie is. I would probably say the final battle because that's just crazy. First, Mechagodzilla fights Rodan. Then Godzilla comes, fights Mechagodzilla. Then then Mechagodzilla defeats Godzilla and then Rodan heals Godzilla and it just goes on. It does go on. It's a long battle. Big, big long battle. I think that's probably why one of the reasons why many people seem to really like this film it's you know it like and like you said martin it kind of gives you what you want in a godzilla film it does and um so two things that i that i just realized that i did not see in this one this one i did not see the the major discrepancy back and forth between 
like slowing some of the footage down to make it look like big Goliath movements. And mm-hmm. then also like sped up footage to make it, you know, I, I and I don't, I, it, it always kind of seems like it's a little jumbly when they do that. So this one, I didn't notice them really changing speeds of the film a lot to be able to do any of that. Also, there was no, um, there was no posturing shots. There were some where we watched where they would, they would show like Godzilla's face up close you know, or they would do like it, it looked like uh, each monster was supposed to do like their own little haka and they're they're beating their chest or doing whatever. And it just never worked for me. And this one didn't have any of that. They just it, it really got right into everybody just battling it out. Yeah, they do that a lot more in the Showa series, like uh, specifically specifically Gigan and the smog monster really have a lot of that posturing thing mm-hmm. where. Like, I think there are even a couple of shots where Godzilla will just stand there and roar. And as he's roaring, he's making some sort of body language movements. And then Gigan will do the same thing. And it's just, it's it's kind of weird. But, you know, I think that uh, you're if you enjoyed this one, you, you're probably going to get a kick out of, um, out of Mothra, too. Mm-hmm. Mothra also, like Godzilla. Oh right, Mothra. sorry, <laughs> not Mothra two, not Mothra. Yeah, not Rebirth of Mothra two of uh, Godzilla versus Mothra as well. Now I'm uh, so I do have a question. I didn't realize I was going to have so many of them until we got into this. But does this director do other Godzillas, or was this a one-time director for these? Oh snap! I don't know. <laughs> The the issue with this is that I've never really studied the directors. Once Honda was uh was done and he was no longer directing the films, I actually am terrible about remembering who the who the directors are until the newer movies when I started getting into it. Okay. Well, and but having seen um Space Godzilla, I don't remember Space Godzilla being so action-packed and interesting that one was kind of one where like that was a cool poster and you were like yeah you know i don't know if you're going to be totally ready for this um and some of the others and this one's just this i don't this one's just really good and i and i kind of wonder what happened after you know if this director came back or that was why i asked yeah well i i know that the first time i saw space godzilla i really liked it Mm -hmm. but that was because i i didn't have anything else to to gauge it against like i i think i purchased space godzilla at the same time as i purchased mecha godzilla now these were bootleg versions of the movies you know when i saw godzilla versus space godzilla it was a spectacle for me because i was like wow look at that you know these these monsters look awesome and i didn't know that a godzilla movie could look this good still Mm -hmm. so the director of space godzilla since you asked is can show Yamashita and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. He also directed Godzilla versus Mothra in 92, but this was directed by Takao Okawara. I think I said that right. Okay, so that that guy he directed Godzilla versus Mothra and and Mechagodzilla. And Mechagodzilla. Okay. And, and then a new dude came and directed uh Space Godzilla. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. So, sorry that took so long. But you at home will never know that. <laughs> <laughs> Only us in the Kaiju Cast headquarters. HQ. Um, yeah, but you know the this movie has uh, while it has some some awesome stuff in it, it's you know like all almost every other Godzilla movie, it it has 
the bad in it too. And I thought in this film, one of the worst parts about it was the American infusion. The American actors. Yeah, and the American language stuff. Hurry with the lift. <laughs> you know, just doesn't... <laughs> that line, I was like, why was that there? <laughs> and I've said this before. I, I'm glad I get to say it on the, on the podcast. But uh, is it just me... Or does the launching of Mechagodzilla take way too many people to actually go through all the parts, to the checklist for him to go and take off? Insert coolant system. Wait a minute. Well, how come that wasn't already in there? Yeah. <laughs> and like... Install radiator 2351 engine. <laughs> yeah. What happens if one of those guys has the day off? Does he have... <laughs> Does he have somebody there that's like a backup? Like, you know, somebody, an understudy who's like, oh, Jun-san's not here today. I get to say hurry with the lift. <laughs> it was the, it was it was almost like, uh, and I would imagine it's the other way around, but it was like the, the uh, firing of the cannon in Austin Powers on the moon base, you know, with it just, it takes forever for them to no one actually ever just like pushes the button and fires the cannon they have to go through all the procedures while the hero goes through and, does, and this is the same way it's like are you guys gonna get this thing off the ground or not yeah <laughs> release body arms that That's was the right. other one yeah and then you have the and i what i don't i don't understand is why do the japanese guys speak their lines in english when they're doing that and why do but why do the guys in the control center they were doing everything up until it was the body arms and then the one american dude dr asimov dr asimov is the one that released body arms <laughs> well he didn't I think even he have says a something else i think he said he actually leans into a microphone and says something like uh-huh i don't know i can't remember what it was but it's <laughs> what, what did he say he says you're all, <laughs> you're all fired. No. Well, and when you said that he was bad in this movie, because I had, I had mentioned, I was like, oh, token American guy there. And uh, you're like, oh, yeah, he's bad in this one. And I'm thinking, oh, he's uh, he's uh, I wonder what he does. Like he turns Godzilla against him or something. When, when you meant bad, you're oh. like, oh, no, he sucks. <laughs> you thought I meant you thought I meant villain. I, I thought you meant evil. But no, no. he just blows. <laughs> Dr. Asimov has awkward lions. <laughs> Finally, the time has come to put our final technology to the final test. <laughs> finally, yeah. for final. Well, if we put the thing wars. over there and connect that thing, then we have Yo, something. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was so funny. Because, you know, it's the same thing if some Japanese guy's on screen and he's saying, you know, something in Japanese, we're not going to know what the hell he's talking about, you know. <laughs> We're we're relying on the subtitles, you know, <laughs> and hopefully the subtitles actually say, you know, I, it'd be funny if the Japanese subtitles were very technical for that spe specific section. If, well, if they actually said, make sure that the coolant system is able to handle the refractory energies developed by Godzilla, you know, like, yeah. but like all we hear is. Uh, make sure that you connect this thing over here <laughs> so that it'll help that thing over there. It's like it's a Han moment. No, this one goes there. That one goes here. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the the other thing about Asimov is like he's also got that whole um, awkward encounter with Aoki, mm -hmm. uh, the guy who was in charge of Garuda. Yeah. And like when Aoki's the parking garage guy, and he goes, <laughs> hey, hey. 
hey, stop this damn thing. <laughs> when literally he could just get out of the car. <laughs> like, it's My not car going that fast, a, you know. I'm spinning at a half a mile an hour. And then and then later when uh when Hoki tells him shows him the video of Garuda being awesome, he goes, "But what are we going to do with Mecha Godzilla? We've wasted millions and millions of tax dollar money." That's what he should have said. <laughs> And then, then Aoki should have said, well, you know, that's your fault. That's right. Did We've had ever... a perfectly perfectly well-working machine here the whole time. Way to go. <laughs> We're going to go all Voltron on it. That's they right. said transformation complete and everybody in the control room kind of did that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Uh, oh, wait, we got something going on, don't we? <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, you know, this film's got, that's, that's the only thing I'd change. Well, you know, little little things here and there, but. For the most part, yeah, this is a really, really good film, and I'd give it, uh, if we were doing ratings, which we're not, I'd give it a high rating. Yeah, I would totally give it a high rating, and, and one of the things you usually ask is, would I recommend this? This is one I would recommend, because I think this gives somebody who doesn't have a Godzilla experience, this gets them right into the Godzilla stuff. I don't really think you need to have any kind of backstory or anything for this one. You can jump right into it. You can watch it. It's action-packed. Um, it, it just it gives you a lot of very satisfying things. Maybe a little backstory? I, I, you could, but I think you could jump into this one and, and be okay. Tiger, what do you think? Would you show this to any of your friends who had never seen a Godzilla movie before? Um, I I might if they were interested. I'd be, I'd be like, uh, I'd probably say, see Godzilla vs. Godzilla. That'd be a good start. Yeah, a good start. Good starting point. Good point, Matt. Well, that's why I'm here, because, you know, because Tiger invited me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any Any last questions or thoughts, especially since I have my trusty book here? Oh yeah! Now that the reference material is here, no, yeah. I I, I uh, really enjoyed this one. I don't know what's coming up next month. Um, just really, really like this one. Oh, next month is a real treat. Oh yeah, next month, and I'm I'm being very serious actually. Oh, next cool. month is Gamera Two: Advent of Legion. Oh, which nice. is a fantastic film, and actually just came out on Blu-ray, and uh, in, in America. And so we're going to buy it, and Jeff's going to bring over his Blu-ray player, mm -hmm. and we're going to watch it on Blu-ray. Now, that's part of the 1990s mm -hmm. series From 1996, cameras. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you uh, should probably take an evening and come over and watch the first of that series before okay. you watch this one. Okay, if I have to. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's right. More movies in the kaiju yeah. headquarters? All right. But back to Becca Godzilla. Let's hear what some other folks had to say. Jacob wrote in saying that almost everything about Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 is awesome. Uh, Toho brought back the concepts from the Showa series in, in a much more realistic manner, specifically Godzilla's baby. Uh, the first thing he noticed in this film was Akira Fukube's excellent score. Classic Godzilla music for the new age. Nothing sounds recycled, but it's all very familiar. Also, props to Toho for keeping up with the continuity for the series of movies. He says it's inventive. The music is brilliant. It's fast-paced. The human characters are interesting. The humor isn't over the top. Godzilla looks better than ever. The fights are amazing, and everything just fits. Chris wrote in, and this is the same guy who requested the Blue Acer Cult Godzilla, and he says this film has some really great battles between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla with a lot of atomic ray action thrown in. 
Although the baby Godzilla-saurus storyline was the main reason for Godzilla's appearance and motivation in the movie, he didn't really much care for the little guy and would would have enjoyed him less had he had would have enjoyed him more had he had less interaction with the female scientist. But his wife and son said they enjoyed baby Godzilla, so this uh, movie has something for everybody. Overall, an enjoyable Godzilla movie that uh, he knows will be watched over and over again in their home. Jose wrote in saying that on a scale of 1 to 10, he'd give this movie an 8. Overall, uh, the overall look for both Godzilla and Mechagodzilla were done really well, and so was Baby Godzilla and Rodan. Or is it Radon? Which, uh, yeah, technically it is, Jose. It is Radon in the Japanese version, but... um, you probably will rarely hear me say that just because, as everybody knows, I'm a major Rodan fan. Uh, he follows that up with this movie was enjoyable to watch and a good one to own for his DVD collection. <clears throat> now, contrary to the other reviews I received, I did get one somewhat negative review. Uh, this was from Bill. Bill says that the miniature effects were disappointing the look of the Big G himself might be one of his least favorite designs. The muscular look of Mechagodzilla just looked ridiculous to him. Uh, also, he, and this is, I, I'm reading this particular point, Bill, because I, I kind of agree with you on this. He never buys the whole Godzilla psychic bit. Um, and, you know, to be honest, man, that's that's one of the things that I'm glad Toho tried something new, and I'm glad they tried it throughout. I'm I I wonder how well it did, how well that actually actually played with people. It's interesting that they kept going with it. But anyway, he says uh, perhaps the inclusion of this character and the psychic children was influenced by Akira in some way. It is possible. You never know. And you know, I don't really know why they chose to uh, make Mickey psychic in Biolante, and then conti- which of course was her first film, and then continue it on throughout the series. She's in every other. Godzilla's uh, film in the Heisei series. So, who knows? I guess I'd have to actually talk to some of the screenwriters or read something from the screenwriters. <clears throat> he did have some uh, good stuff to say, though. He says Ifukube came through with a good score, dragging out some of the old themes, but adding some additional themes as well. He thought the main actors did a decent job. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 1993 is easily, easily, well, Easily one of his least favorite films of the entire series. He still enjoys it to a degree, but not enough to recommend it. Robert writes in, just asks, what is there not to love about this film? We get an excellent, uh, we get an awesome fight scene in the first act of the film. The, mir- the music by Ifukube brings back his best themes and some haunting new ones. Mickey also has her most integral role to play in the pilot. Last but not least, this film features his favorite, Mechagodzilla. And while he prefers the Showa designs as well as uh, the one from Tokyo SOS, this Mechagodzilla actually comes closer to defeating Godzilla than any of the others. He would argue that uh, he's even more effective than the X1. The anti-nuclear, bacteri- ugh, anti-nuclear bacteria or any other monster foe Godzilla has faced. Yep, this, fil- this film is one of his all-time favorites. And last but not least, Tito wrote in saying that the first thing he noticed was the Americans, thinking to himself, Americans, what are they doing in this picture? He also never understood the guy spinning in the chair screaming. And, um, you know, they never really explained that 
in the English versions that I've seen. But I think that what that was, it's a it's a simulation. So uh, either that or it's like one of those G-Force chairs. And when I say G-Force chair, I mean like that they're supposed to be like a G-Force chair that they use in uh, Air Force and space training, not as in G-Force training. Uh, and then also he says, like, when Rodan dies on Godzilla, he could never tell what that yellow powder was. Well, the yellow powder, my friend, that was glitter. Lots and lots of glitter. And uh, Koichi Kawakita, who is a special effects director for this film, loved to use glitter. And like uh, I was saying with Martin in the uh, in the discussion there, imagine, like, not having a respirator and working on that uh, on the lot on the on the set when um when Godzilla gets back up and there's like all that glitter in the air it'd be terrible uh if you look at the other Heisei films that he did the um special effects on specifically um Biollante has a lot of glitter in the end Mothra has a ton of glitter in it um there's probably even some in the, I think the battle between Godzilla and King Ghidra yeah, there's a lot of glitter in this series. Um, and I know, I know there's glitter in Destroya as well. Like when he's exploding in the end. Spoilers. Uh, there is a, there's glitter in there. So anyway, that was it. That's, a, that's all we got for Daikaiju discussions this month. Join us next time for Gamera 2 Advent of Legion. And um, I tell you what, we are probably going to do is... Um, <clears throat> I'm almost positive I'm going to buy that Blu-ray version, even though I don't have a Blu-ray disc. And Jeff is going to bring over a Blu-ray player, and we're going to watch it um, in Blu-ray because everything I've seen says that it's a it's a good transfer. You know, no no uh, no extra features or anything like that, but it's a good transfer, and that's what counts. So uh, let's move on to the Kaiju Cast news section thingamabob. United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. All right. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm sick, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time doing this. <laughs> not a ton of time uh, reading news stuff. <clears throat> However, let's begin now. On Saturday, this Saturday, like October 30th, August Ragoni and Patrick Macias, or Macias, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right, are uh, presenting a tribute to Ishiro Honda um, called the Monster Mash. And they're actually screening War of the Gargantuas, which is a fantastic film. If you haven't seen War of the Gargantuas, uh, it stars Russ Tamlin and um, a whole bunch of other people, of course. And uh, it's a 1966 film. It's a classic if you're in the San Francisco area, make sure you check it out. I'll have a link to August's blog and Patrick's blog um, so you can find out more about this if you happen to hear this episode before the show. Um, additionally, people who are on the, you know, checking out the Facebook page, the KaijuCast Facebook page, will um, notice that a rumor about the 2012 Godzilla popped up very quickly and then was squashed immediately and then an addendum was added onto that as well uh, the rumor was that Guillermo del Toro uh, the director of movies such as Blade 2 both of the Hellboy films Pan's Labyrinth and uh, there's one Devil's Backbone 
that that director was rumored, keyword being rumored, to be uh, slated to be the director of the new Godzilla 2012 film. And there was some stuff in there about uh, a movie called Pacific Rim. Information on the website made Pacific Rim sound like a really cool movie to me. I hope they do make that because it sounds like a giant monster movie to me. <clears throat> and uh, But then, you know, I think like less than 24 hours went by and some website, uh, which I'll have the show no- I'll have links to both of these in the show notes, but some this one website posted uh, an article which basically they interviewed Guillermo del Toro, called him up or something like that, and he basically said, no, that's not right. And then they followed that up with posting that the screenwriter for the 2012 film had been chosen, and his name is Dave Callahan. Dave Callahan has written such movies, not a lot, but he's written the screenplays for The Expendables and Doom and another movie called The Horseman. I've seen Doom. I haven't seen The Expendables. I haven't seen The Horseman, but I'm going to watch those because I'm very interested to find out, you know, how he writes. Doom, I thought, was terrible, and uh, I don't think I'm the only one there. Hopefully that will not uh, bode ill for the next Godzilla film. I mean, seriously, I just want somebody to take Godzilla and make a good film with him. Uh, again, not asking for an Oscar-winning film. I'm just asking for something cool. Also, I was alerted by our listener and uh, sometimes submitter, James Bonney, that uh, Yoshimitsu Bano is working on getting a 3D camera film made. So, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to to the production company's website, where they actually have a picture of the monster, which I guess they're calling Gyra. Looks like they're calling it Gyra, but it's nothing like the like the Gargantua Gaia. Gyra. It's uh, kind of an interesting giant tentacly mole creature thing. Looks like it's from out of the water. Uh, our next story is about Godzilla Monster World. Um, right after I posted the last episode, I got uh, some information which i posted on the website and on the facebook page idw publishing has acquired the rights to do a new godzilla comic book series and they're calling it godzilla monster world and the cool thing is that uh the kaiju cast has an inside man on the idw so we got we have a good connection and you can expect to hear an interview in the future with a couple people at IDW. If you are a comic book fan, I hope you have checked out The Goon, which uh, is a fantastic series by an author and artist named Eric Powell from Nashville, Tennessee. Published by Dark Horse, uh, it's quite possibly one of their coolest titles right now. Eric Powell's going to be the one writing this series, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be doing some artwork stuff. The The image that they released, which is like this gigantic eye staring at a little dude, um, like a silhouette of a guy on like a, a little mountaintop or hilltop or something like that, that was done by Eric Powell. He's a fantastic artist as well as a writer. Um, I'm really looking forward to the series. I'm really looking forward to hearing more as it comes out. It's slated for February 2011. <clears throat> that's a freebie for anybody who's going to Geek Trivia, which I'll talk about later. Also, uh, got news from, I think it was James, Demi King, the movie I talked about last month, is not really a kaiju film. 
I guess the only time the monster appears is in a dream sequence, kind of like uh, the Always 2 film. So last month, I uh, tagged on some extra time for some local, cool, geeky Portland stuff that's going on. I'm going to do that every month, I think, because you know what? Looking at the calendar for these events, there is a ton of awesome stuff. If uh, you're looking for a good city to be a geek in, someplace where you're not going to get you know, made fun of for loving Godzilla movies, or dressing up like a Star Wars character, or uh, reading comic books out in public, Portland is an awesome place to do it. Want some proof? All right, here we go. Tomorrow night, uh, well, tomorrow night for me, at the uh, Baghdad Theater, Dark Horse Comics, and uh, Things for Another World, Northwest 32, and Funimation are putting on their Blood and Guts uh, event, which is showing a free screening of a new episode of The Vampire Diaries, a Halloween episode of The Vampire Diaries, Helsing and Gantz, uh, hosted by Rick Emerson from Outlook Portland. They're going to have lots of prizes, lots of cool stuff going on, costume contests, etc., etc. October 31st, that's right, Halloween, you heard me talk about this last month, is The Walking Dead. AMC uh, has agreed to let Court and Fatboy, two uh, local podcast hosts who used to be on a radio station, and they're really cool and awesome and stuff, uh, they are going to be putting on The Walking Dead hopefully every week that it's on. But specifically, Halloween night, they're going to have zombie con- uh, costume contests, and it's going to be a blast. They do like a monthly movie, and it's always a good time. <clears throat> so that's October 31st. Then, of course, Geek Trivia is happening on November 2nd and November 16th. It's the second, uh, it's every other Tuesday, so it's the, depends on which uh, Tuesday it is, but this this month, November 2nd, I'm hosting that one. That's right, the Kaiju Cast is going to be there in force. It's going to have some cool stuff to give away, including uh, like posters and stickers and some other Godzilla stuff. Uh, if you're a local, you should definitely make it out because it's going to be a really good time. I came up with all the questions myself, and uh, some, of them are, some of them are doozies, I will admit. Uh, first Thursday, our favorite gallery here in Portland, the Sequential Art Gallery, is going to be hosting a show by Mike Lawrence, steampunk and fairy tales like Jack and the Beanstalk all mixed together, and it's going to be opening first Thursday, November 4th, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. If you're out and about on the first Thursday down in the uh, Pearl District in the Chinatown area, make sure you check it out. This is a sequential art gallery run by Kibble Hashitani. Following up with that, we've got Someday Incubator Lounge. They do performance art. They're on November 16th, which is the third Tuesday of every month. On November 20th, PDXER, that's our local pirate group, they're going to be holding the Swashbucklers Ball. That is a uh, fundraiser for PDXGR where you dress up like a pirate and go enjoy yourself. There's some really cool stuff. I'll have a link to all these guys' websites in the show notes, of course. On the 21st, the Portland Comic Book Show, which is like a really, really long time function. This thing happens every year, at least twice a year, or at least once a year, but sometimes twice a year. That's going to be down at Memorial Coliseum on the Sunday, the 21st. On November 30th, the local brown coats are going to be putting on a really awesome event with um, with things from another world. Zach Whedon, the brother of Joss Whedon, who wrote Float Out, is going to be uh, at the Hollywood Theater where they're going to show Objects in Space, which is one of the cooler episodes of Firefly. Uh, then it's going to do a Q&A afterwards, and then they're all going to go over to the Hollywood Theater, sorry, the Hollywood Things for Another World, which is just across the street from the Hollywood Theater, 
and there's gonna they're gonna do a signing. And I guess to get in, all you need to do is bring some cans of food. It sounds really awesome. Anyway, that's what's going on locally on the calendar of events. I do have something else that I want to share with you. I just got contacted by Kurt Lloyd, who, uh, along with another guy, local guy, David Walker, he runs uh, this show called Missing Real. It's like a 10, 15-minute show about Grindhouse movies. Now, if you ask me, Grindhouse movies and Godzilla movies go hand in hand. And so I checked out the episodes. They've only got six online so far, but it is really cool, extremely informative, kind of nugget-like information because it really compresses it all to about 10 minutes. It's really good, though. I'll have the link in the show notes. So if you like Grindhouse films, definitely check that out. Oh, and if you did not see it, I uh, did upload, finally, that unboxing of the Atragon video. So um, I don't know if those kind of things are your your uh, cup of tea or not. But if you want to see what it's like to open up a brand new expensive toy that I got for 70% off <laughs> and live vicariously through me, go check it out. I uploaded it to my uh, Facebook page. That uh, pretty much wraps up the show, folks. With nothing else to talk about, I think uh, I'm just going to go into my my uh, my ending spiel here. Thank you to Martin and to Tiger, of course, and uh, everybody who wrote in for the Daikaiju discussions. Um, seriously, and this is, I mean, thank you to those guys, but really, thank you to everybody. I've gotten a lot of new listeners recently and a lot of positive feedback. Um, I, I love hearing from you guys. It's been taking me a little bit longer to reply to some of you than I would hope, but uh, hey, them's the breaks, right? Um, I wanted also to say that if you found this podcast on iTunes or some other podcast directory, don't hesitate to point your web browser to kaijucast.com where you can download the current and previous episodes, check out the suggested reading, show notes, the schedule for Daikaiju discussions, and cast your vote in the polls. That's right. Next month, Daikaiju Discussion is featuring Gamera 2 Advent of Legion. So if you don't have that, track one down. It is an amazing film, and I really can't wait to talk about it at end. Um, as always, I uh, do love hearing from you guys, so please do. If you have a con uh, comment, positive or negative, reply to something I said, point out an error, or simply supply your thoughts for next month's homework assignment, just send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. I would love to hear from you. KaijuCast is also on the Facebook and on the Twitter. Both links can be found on the right-hand side of the website. I'm going to leave you with uh, one more tune. This is actually from the 1966 uh, War of the Gargantuas movie. I just really can't say enough about that film. It's a fantastic foray into the giant monster landscape. That's about it, guys. I hope you have a good month. I'll talk to you later. Jamata! If my lips could only say the pretty words that I feel in my heart. If my voice could make the sound, I would tell you how I love you and we'd never be apart. into your face my mind starts to drift right into space and the words get stuck in my throat the words get stuck
If I had a hidden microphone inside of my heart, I would turn the power on. It would amplify my love for you and swear to always love you and you'd never be gone. But with just one look into your eyes, I become excited and it's no surprise that the words get stuck in my throat. We need an exterminator, a plan that will destroy King Ghidorah. We wish to borrow from you on Earth the Monster Zero One and Monster Zero Two, Godzilla and Rodan. Are you serious? Of course. Deadly serious. King Ghidorah was driven from Earth, but only by the combined strength of Godzilla and Rodan. Will you help us? Well, your request is unusual. We don't know how to answer that. First place, we don't even know where Godzilla and Rodan are. Even if we did, how would we capture them and bring them here? Godzilla is in Japan. He is submerged in Lake Myojin. Rodan is at Washikasawa, and we merely seek permission to operate freely on Earth to capture the two demons. If Earth will cooperate, we are prepared to pay her. Your medical men on Earth have not yet achieved cures for all disease. Is that correct? Our scientific research is considerably advanced. We are prepared, therefore, to give you a miracle drug that will cure all disease. 